Do you know that certain peptides can benefit those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? If you want to learn more about how peptides can help with thyroid autoimmunity and other chronic conditions, then you'll want to check out the brand new Peptide Summit hosted by Dr. Jenny Flagar. In fact, peptides play a huge role in helping Dr. Jenny overcome her Hashimoto's condition. To register for the free Peptide Summit, visit SayMyThyroid.com forward slash peptides. Hey, this is Dr. Eric. And in this Q&A episode, I am going to answer the question, what are some alternatives to taking antithyroid medication? So many of you know that when I dealt with Graves' disease, I did not take antithyroid medication, but a lot of people do take antithyroid medication, including methimazole, and some will take PTU. But there are some people who are unable to take antithyroid medication. So they maybe they tried methimazole and they had some type of negative reaction, whether it was some type of negative symptoms, or maybe it elevated the liver enzyme significantly, or lower the white blood cell count. And maybe they even tried to switch to PTU. And PTU, sometimes people will do fine on PTU when they're not doing well with methimazole, but that's not always the case. Some people won't do well on either methimazole or PTU. So if that's the case, or if someone just chooses not to take antithyroid medication, which again, that was the case with me. With me, I just chose not to take the antithyroid medication and I can't tell you what to do. It's up to you. And if you're taking antithyroid medication, of course, I'm not advising you to stop taking the antithyroid medication because there is the risk that these methods that I'm mentioning might not be as effective as the antithyroid medication. But that was a risk that I was willing to take when I dealt with Graves' disease. I knew that the herbs might not be as effective as the medication, but I figured I'd give it a try. And if herbs didn't work, then I would have eventually taken the medication. So I am going to specifically discuss four different options here. There are more than four options, but I'm just going to focus on four here. So the first option is bugleweed, which is an herb with antithyroid properties. And I took bugleweed when I dealt with Graves. I took motherwort too, but it's not included in one of the four just because motherwort doesn't have antithyroid properties. I took it more for the cardiovascular symptoms. I was still having some palpitations after I took bugleweed. So I went on to take motherwort as well, which helped with the palpitations. But bugleweed can help to lower the thyroid hormone levels. And I'd say it works about 70, 75% of the time. And it, sometimes it could work even in severe cases of hyperthyroidism, but not always. So if you have a severe case, again, you might need to take antithyroid medication, but that might be the case even if you have a mild case of hyperthyroidism. Again, I've seen people where they try bugleweed and their thyroid hormone levels aren't really elevated, but still the bugleweed doesn't work. And again, I've seen people where their levels are significantly elevated. They take the bugleweed and it does help. Now with the bugleweed, I don't want to pitch any brands. Like my goal is not to promote any brands, but I will say that the potency does matter. There aren't a lot of brands of bugleweed. It's not like going out and get vitamin D or other common supplements. Bugleweed is, is really specific when it comes to hyperthyroidism. So you, you, if you go to a health food store, it wouldn't be a surprise if you don't see any bugleweed on the shelves. And when you do a search for bugleweed online, there aren't a lot of options so some of the more common options have bugleweed as a one to five extract ratio. And so 
like if when looking at the ratios, a one to two is what I took. That's more potent. And it doesn't mean everybody needs to take a more potent ratio. You could always start with a one to five and see if it helps. But you need to just keep that in mind. If you're taking a one to five extract ratio and it's not helping, you can't conclude necessarily that that bugleweed's not working. Maybe you need to switch to a more potent formulation. And the same with the dosage. Now, again, I can't give specific dosing. One reason is most people listening to this are not my patients, so I can't give specific recommendations. But also, besides that, everybody's different. So I don't give the same dose of bugleweed, and it will vary depending on the potency. So once again, when I dealt with Graves, I took five milliliters, which is one teaspoon twice per day of a one to two extract. But I can't say that every single person with hyperthyroidism needs to take that dosage. So that's just something to consider when it comes to bugleweed. Again, I love bugleweed. It has helped a lot of people over the years avoid taking antithyroid medication. But there are some situations where people will take bugleweed and it won't work. And then they need to either take antithyroid medication or look into some of the other options that I'm going to discuss shortly. I will say I have other podcast episodes where I discuss bugleweed episode number three. So one of the earlier episodes, I talk about not only bugleweed, but L-carnitine, I believe, which I'm about to talk about next. And then I, I talk about some other options as well. But then there are other episodes scattered about on the podcast where I mentioned bugleweed. So definitely feel free to check those out. So next, L-carnitine. And I have a Q&A episode on L-carnitine and hyperthyroidism. So for more detail, definitely listen to that. But L-carnitine, there's some research behind it, just like there's some research behind bugleweed. When I dealt with Graves' I did not take L-carnitine, but the reason is because I wasn't aware that L-carnitine can help people with hyperthyroidism. So I was familiar with bugleweed and motherwort, so that's what I chose to take. But if you listen to the episode where I discuss L-carnitine, I bring up some of the research, and some of the research is pretty convincing. And I've seen good results with my patients with L-carnitine, but just as the case with bugleweed, it depends on the person. For some people, L-carnitine doesn't help. Now the dosage is important, just like it is with bugleweed. So the research shows that taking between 2,000 to 4,000 milligrams of L-carnitine, which is two to four grams per day, it can help in some cases of hyperthyroidism. One study even mentions that it might benefit people who have a thyroid storm. Now, that being said, if someone has a thyroid storm, I would not rely on L-carnitine. I would definitely go to the emergency room. But it's interesting that a study mentioned that L-carnitine can help even in severe cases. And you could take bugleweed and L-carnitine together. Again, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just saying that I have had patients take bugleweed and L-carnitine. I can't say that I have most people take bugleweed and L-carnitine together. But in some cases, I will have people take both of these. And as I mentioned, I took bugleweed and motherwort. And I've had people take bugleweed, motherwort, L-carnitine. So that's the second natural agent I wanted to discuss. And then, so a third agent, and this next one's not natural, it's low-dose naltrexone. And so low-dose naltrexone, also known as LDN, I discussed this in episode 35. And LDN modulates the immune system, so it does not have antithyroid properties, 
but it modulates the immune system. And when it works, it could work really well. Now, keep in mind, since it modulates the immune system, it really is something that if someone does not have an autoimmune thyroid condition such as Graves' disease, then they would not want to take LDN to modulate the immune system. But since Graves' disease is an autoimmune condition, and if LDN is effective in calming down the immune system, then the person might not need to take antithyroid medication, or maybe they'll need to take a lower dose, or maybe they could take LDN combined with bugleweed or L-carnitine. Now, the problem with LDN is it is hit or miss, and I'm pretty sure I discussed this in episode number 35. So it's something that usually it's not the first option that I would recommend. And I mean, honestly, most of the time I'm not recommending LDN. If the bugleweed's helping, then I'd rather someone not take LDN just because it could also lower the antibodies, which sounds good on the surface. But the problem is it makes it a little bit more difficult to monitor the progress. Whereas if someone's taking bugleweed or L-carnitine, obviously, from a thyroid hormone perspective, taking bugleweed or L-carnitine can affect the thyroid hormones, but it's not going to affect the antibodies. So it could still, in the case of Graves' disease, at least we could still see if the person is progressing. If we're doing other things to address the cause of that problem, then we should see those antibodies decrease. Whereas if the person is taking LDN and it's lowering those antibodies, then we're not sure if the person's improving because of the LDN or because of the natural treatment protocol that they're following. So just something to keep in mind, there is a time and place for LDN. If someone is unable to tolerate the antithyroid medication, and let's say the natural agents aren't working, the bugle, the L-carnitine, they've tried those, then LDN is something to consider. I'd rather someone try LDN than to jump into radioactive iodine thyroid surgery. So that's why I'm mentioning it here. But again, for more information, check out episode 35. And then the fourth one I'll mention here, cholestyramine. So cholestyramine, there's a Q&A episode on cholestyramine. And so this doesn't have antithyroid properties, but it binds to thyroid hormone. It's used for other purposes. So one purpose is to lower cholesterol. Usually they're giving statins for that. Usually it's not cholestyramine, but it can do that. And then cholestyramine also can help in cases of toxic mold. It can bind to mycotoxins. But I've had a few people, not a lot of people, but a few people take cholestyramine. And I think in pretty much every case, it has been effective. There's a few issues with cholestyramine. One is that you can't take it with food or other supplements, or else it could bind to those, um, especially if you take it with supplements. The supplements may not be effective that you're taking. And then it's also in a powder form too. So it is a bit of an inconvenience. Obviously, you also would need to convince your endocrinologist to prescribe it. But as I mentioned, I've had a few patients take it and I don't have prescribing rights. So it was their endocrinologist who prescribed it. You would just need to show the endocrinologist the study. I would not ask your endocrinologist to listen to my podcast. I mean, you could, but they probably won't listen to the podcast. Whereas if you go into the research and you show them the research study, again, if you need cholestyramine, that wouldn't be my first choice. But if you tried everything I mentioned, but cholestyramine, you haven't tried, again, better option than receiving radioactive iodine and thyroid surgery. Just one person comes to mind who her thyroid hormone levels were really high and the bugleweed wasn't working and she couldn't tolerate the antithyroid medication and her endocrinologist was pressuring her to get radioactive iodine and she held off and she took cholestyramine and helped 
I mean, it normalized her thyroid hormone levels eventually. And then we were doing things to address the cause of the problem. And she eventually got into remission, was able to get off the cholestyramine. Again, I don't have a lot of stories like that just because I don't have a lot of people who have taken cholestyramine. But it is something that, like I said, I would consider if you can't take antithyroid medication, if let's say the buguid L-carnitine hasn't helped, the LDN, if you took that maybe and that didn't help. So the cholestyramine something to consider. So check out that episode where I talk about cholestyramine in the Q&A episode. And there's a few others I did not mention here. I mean, there's lemon balm. Lemon balm has a calming effect, has some mild antithyroid properties. And I do have a Q&A episode on, on lemon balm. But what I've found is that lemon balm, it's not as potent as bugleweed or even L-carnitine. So relying on lemon balm usually isn't sufficient. If I recommend lemon balm, a lot of times it'll be at night to just help calm down the thyroid at night a little bit. But it's not just calming down the thyroid, it's just a calming agent. And you could also drink some lemon balm tea. But again, lemon balm tea or taking it as an extract by itself usually isn't potent enough to lower the thyroid hormone levels. There's also lithium. Lithium orotate is another option. And it's not something I recommend a lot of, but hey, you know, if you're facing rate active iodine thyroid surgery and you've tried bugleweed, L-carnitine, LDN, maybe even cholestyramine, or if you just can't get a prescription for cholestyramine and taking lithium orotate. I had one patient take lithium carbonate, which requires a prescription. So the, I don't know if it was, I forget if it was an endocrinologist or their primary who prescribed lithium carbonate. So that's typically not recommended for hyperthyroidism, but it can cause hypothyroidism, which is why that doctor was willing to write it. So again, I'd rather someone take lithium carbonate than to receive rate activine on thyroid surgery. Again, not long-term. The goal is to be real on any of these just while restoring someone's health. I mean, there are people that ask me, do I still take bugleweed? And I've not taken bugleweed since 2009, bugleweed or motherwort. That was the last time I took it. So that really is the goal with all of these is to take these temporarily while trying to address the underlying cause of your condition. So that is my response to the question, what are some alternatives to taking antithyroid medication? I hope you found this Q&A episode to be valuable. And as usual, I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver. And it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune modulating and adaptogenic properties, and is great for those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash liver support.